Good morning, beautiful people. Happy holidays, happy holidays, happy holidays. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. I am so excited to welcome you back to my podcast. Today, I'm going to be recording 10 episodes. So, um, the time of recording and the time of publishing will not be the same. <laughs> so, I, uh, I hope my opinions don't change because I'm not really good at editing and I don't want to edit most of these videos. We shall see. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to welcome you guys back. Um, today, we're going to talk about becoming African. My experience on how I became African. Now, one thing you'll know for sure is I'm an African girl. I was born in Africa. I was raised for the first um, 10 years in Africa. Nine and a half, but let's say 10 years in Africa. Um, and I am a proud African girl, a proud African woman. I walk, I live, I breathe, I eat Africa. And so if you're in this podcast, then you know that the the premise of this podcast is to talk all things African, all things politics, uh, putting the African perspective in the political realm, in the global politics realm and so when I talk about becoming African I'm talking about a political act so how does a girl from Africa who's born and raised in Africa proud to be African becomes African how does that work or what does that mean that's what we're going to talk about so sit down relax and this is going to be Hopefully, a 10-minute conversation. Although, I feel like I'm going to continue this theme in other episodes. So, it might be a longer conversation. But let's start here. So, in 2008, in the beginning of 2008, my family and I moved from Africa, from West Africa, to be specific, in Benin, to the United States. And I walked in to America, the great America. Light skin, um, 4B, 4C hair, um, tall. I had some education. I skipped the first and the second grade. So I was in the seventh grade by the time I came here. Um, but I was told I had to, to go back to the fifth grade because I was too young to go to the seventh grade at the age of 10. So we can't have that, y'all. So I, I come here. And uh, I remember my first experience was at the social security office when they asked us for our race. Now, American born are used to this question, what's your race? Uh, most people outside of the West, and some people in Europe do not get this question, do not understand what that means. And you're like, huh? What do you mean, what's my race? My mother was funny, she was like, the human race? <laughs> Because we're just like, we're never, this is the first time we're being asked, what is our race? And so she looks at us and she's just like, you know, she put black. And that's where we were. And I remember going to school. The first day of schools, they usually, you introduce yourself. You're like, hi, my name is Cynthia. I'm from this place, that place, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I remember I introduced myself. I'm from Cynthia. Oh, I'm Cynthia. 
I'm from Africa. Now, I will explain later on why I identify, why I say I'm African instead of narrowing down to a specific country in a later episode when we talk about um, borders, subjectivity, and all that. But, but for the sake of this video, we'll just go with my identity as an African. So I say I'm from Africa. A, a classmate of mine turned around. She's like, you're not from Africa. She's from Africa. She pointed to a darker skin west african girl and she's like she's from africa and i looked at her and i was very confused i did not know what that meant um i'm 10 but like i'm 10 by the way so i don't know what this means and i'm just like why can't i be from africa <laughs> so she said she's from africa. and i remember the Ghanaian girl her and i became friends later on she was like so pissed she was so mad she was like the hell um and so yeah, that that happened to me in elementary school. It happened to me in middle school. It happened to me in high school. It happened to me almost everywhere that I go. To be like, uh, you're not African. You sound too smart. You sound too educated. You're light skin. You're this. You're that. Now, to some people, I'm not light skin. To others, I am. It depends on how you're eyes work or how your perception of colorism is um so yeah and throughout my experience people will ask me stupid questions about africa so if you're africa like tell us did you live in a hut and i'm like what's a hut now you have to understand that me asking what a hut was was a language question because i again i'm a french speaker i didn't know what huts were like, I didn't know what the word huts were. Like, I know what a hut is, but the word in English, I was not aware of it. And so this guy looks at me like, what type of African doesn't know what a hut is? <laughs> and, and you know, like, are you sure you're from Africa? Which Africa are you from? Because the Africa I know, everyone knows what a hut is because y'all live in one. And so she showed me a hut and I, and I told her, I'm like, oh, those are in villages. And this girl is looking at me like I'm fucking with her. And she's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And in her mind, you can tell that she thinks there's huts everywhere. And I've heard the hut comments, you know, people make jokes. Like, yeah, go back to your hut in Africa. Blah, 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 blah. The other joke that you hear is animals. Do you chase lions? Did you live with a leopard? Now, anyone who knows me, Knows I don't even like dogs. I don't care how cute your dog is. I don't even want your dog next to me. I like dogs from afar. I think they're cute from afar. Don't bring your dog next to me. I'm scared of dogs. I have to be truthful now because before I used to tell my wife friends I'm allergic. And then they told me that, you know, some like some dogs do not have the thing that makes them aller- that would make you allergic to them. So so now I just have to tell the truth. The truth is I'm afraid of dogs. <laughs> and and so to be asked, so as someone who's afraid of dogs, to be asked if I had a lion or if I ever walked next to a chimpanzee or whatever, is like, who the hell do these people think I am? And from the misconception of who an African is or what an African looks like or how an African speak, I became African. Because in order for me to become African, there was a making of who an African is 
or who an African should be. So people have a mindset, they have a picture of what an African looked like. And when I did not match the description that they had in their head, I was not African. Therefore, I became African to show them how most African that I, that I hang out with, most African I grew up with, most African I walk with, look like. Not all of them are fair skin or light skin, but all of them are educated. It wasn't a question of whether or not they would go to school or they would go to college. We speak like this because, again, colonization has been going on in Africa since the 1400s. A little bit longer than that, too. <laughs> and so we've been white educated for a long time. Most of us speak European languages more than we speak our native traditional languages. So not having that representation of Africa to the forefront, where people were asking about lions and huts and everything, I became African. Because becoming African was a political act. It was a political construction like everything is in the world. Our borders are political constructions, our social con- we like to call it social construction, but in reality they are political construction. And you will see that example with the Middle East. When companies or countries want to go to the Middle East, they talk about how wonderful people are. They're great people. They deserve our money. They deserve our help. Give me the money, the resources to go help them because they are people too. However, when it comes to helping Afghan refugees, there's this making of the Middle East as a dangerous place that now we don't want them in our house. Why would you want to take refi- like Afghanis to this country or Afghans to this country? You don't know who they are. And the reason why we can make those arguments is because of the making of the Middle East. Said, a writer, I, I, I'm forgetting his name, but he, he talked about this. He, he talked about the making of the Orient. How we perceive the Orient based on how we made them to be. So our perception now is because of how we created how they should be. Which is the same thing with me and becoming African. I am an African girl. That's as simplistic as that. But I had to become African when I moved here because of the political construction of who an African was. I was once asked by a black American, why do you define yourself as African instead of black? Now, I did not have the clever answer to give her at that time, but after years of schooling, years of experience, I'm answering her question right now. Because politically, I can relate a little bit more to the political construction of an African and fight the political construction of an African a little bit better than I can about the political construction of blackness.
And when I'm talking about the political construction of blackness, I'm talking about specifically in the United States. We're going to do an episode of blackness around the world and we're going to dive into different components because, again, our histories are similar. Black people, we are not a monolith. There's black Caribbean, there's black American, there's black European, there's black Africans, there's black Asians. So we are not a monolith. There's a history. Yes, the string can connect. We can connect the dots. But the political construction is a little bit different. Whereas me as an African, when I moved from Africa to the United States, when I saw a black American, I did not know he or she was a black American. Again, it will sound weird to somebody listening to this, but I want you to understand it from different positionality. And that's what this podcast is about. Understanding stuff from different positionality. So here I'm talking to you in the positionality of an African and I'm talking to you in the positionality of an immigrant. When I looked at a black American when I first moved to the United States, they were not a black American in the social construction or the political construction of blackness in America. To me, a foreigner, to me, an African, they were American. So their Americanness is what I is what caused the disconnection, cultural disconnection and cultural disconnection, political, cultural and social disconnection between me, the African immigrant, and the American person. Again, because there is this idea of a social and a political construction. So next time you're having a discussion with somebody from another culture or somebody who migrated from another place, you have to understand this. You have to understand, wait, how come this girl is so keen on protecting this identity more than this identity? You have to understand from which positionality that they talk from. I hope I made sense. I hope you were more open-minded to hear what I had to say. I'm going to end here because I've passed the 10-minute mark that I wanted to do. But we'll talk more next time. Thank you for listening. I'll check you out next time. Bye.